You're listening to the FSA Podcast with your host, Brent Cromer. What's going on, guys? It's Brent with the FSA Podcast, where we teach online health coaches how to sell at a high rate and scale their businesses with more profit. Now, guys, today is a special day. It is a very special day. If you didn't see the title, this marks our 50th episode of the FSA podcast where we've been dropping tips almost every, I wish I started, <laughs> how many times have you heard this? I wish I started January 1st because then we'd be rolling up on like the 52 weeks. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, 50 weeks straight of dropping just free, free advice uh, this entire time. So guys, it's been an absolute blast. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing this until, uh, until I ride the wheels off of this thing. So you guys tell me, hey, Brent, your podcast sucks. Uh, I'm not getting any advice from it. It's all old and outdated. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I hope it never happens. I'm going to keep producing episodes until that day happens. So guys, so again, free advice all day, all the time, every week. Okay. So I read a stat though, you know, I was, I was feeling good about myself. I'm like, yeah, 50 episodes. I wonder how many people actually make it to that. Like, is, is this a cool thing? Did I accomplish something or did I just talk into a microphone 50 times and, and produce it 50 separate times? Uh, the, the stat though is actually really interesting. All right, guys, listen to this. 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode three, three. That's it. I mean, anybody could do <laughs> Anybody could do three episodes. I mean, you don't even have to have any any good content. You could just talk for three episodes and tell your story. I mean, four would, would put you in like the top 10% of podcast uh, hosts, which is crazy. But 90% don't even make it past episode three. Here's a crazy thing, though. Of that 90% or the, the, the 10% that actually make it past, 90% of them don't make it to episode 20. So let me let me make this make sense for you, Okay. 100 people start a podcast, 10 people get to four episodes, one of them gets past 20. So one out of every 100 people that has a podcast will make it to episode 21. That's, that's mental. Like, that's insane, right? But then it got me kind of thinking. I'm like, well, that seems like, you know, because I've heard the statistics, I wasn't sure exactly what they were, but like small businesses go out of business pretty frequently right? It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. It's an easy thing to start. It's a hard thing to, to make profitable. Same with a podcast. Very easy. In fact, it's too easy. Um, I've, I've seen some of the worst takes ever on, on, uh, you know, when I'm on TikTok or YouTube shorts of, of just like clips of podcasts. And it's like, people will say anything, uh, to get their clip. Okay. But businesses is, is really no different. I mean, if you're in the United States, it's about a hundred bucks to file for your LLC and then you're a business owner. Okay, so it makes sense that a high percent of something with a relatively low barrier to entry would, would have a high fail rate, attrition rate as well. But then again, because I, I get into these, these uh, I get into like these little hole, like these, these um, what's, what's the word, like not wormhole, um, anyway, like a black hole, okay? And it got me thinking beyond that, like why? What are the parallels here? Because clearly things with like an easy barrier to entry have a high failure rate. And, and I want to know why that is. Why do people pick things up, try it out, and set it back down? Is this human nature? Because as kids, we do it. As kids, if, if we have the fire truck and we pick it up and we play with it, 
and then it stops making noises that we like, then we put it down and we pick up the other one. Is it like an abundance thing, like too many options to where it's just so easy to pick it up, try it out? Is it just a, a, a psychological thing where it's like, okay, this, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, like the wheels have been run off of this thing. I'm, I'm on to the next. Why is it that it's so easy to start and stop something? Think about people in sports teams. Um, growing up, like we were not allowed to quit sports. That was something my, my parents made abundantly clear. You are not allowed to quit a sport. If you start the sport at the beginning of the season, like once regular season starts, you finish the season. doesn't matter how much you hate it. doesn't matter how bad you suck. If you start the season, you finish it. So if you wanted to quit, you better quit before the first game, first match, whatever it was. Okay. So I, I, I w- I, I'll divert to you. Like, I, I would love to hear some feedback on this podcast, guys. Message me on Instagram, comment on the, you know, uh, below the show notes. Why do you guys think it is so easy to pick things up, put them down or to, to try something out and then, you know, quit. And let me know your opinion too. Do you think that's a good parenting strategy? Um, you know, my parents, I, I, I thought they're, they, I thought they did pretty well. Okay. Some things could have been improved, but that's any parenting, right? Like, do you think that's generally good practice as a parent to force people, force their children to stick with something until it's finished? Personally, I like that. I like that mentality. I like that model because it's gotten me to where I am today without that model. Maybe I would have quit. Like, I mean, it definitely wasn't easy. Uh, not, you know, not only to get to 50 episodes on the podcast, but to start a, a successful business. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you felt those trials and tribulations as well. In fact, the funniest thing is my, my first business failed. Um, I, I have a podcast explaining exactly what it was, but essentially it was a supplement company where you could custom build your own box with different pre-workouts. It was genius. Uh, and it, it started taking off. And then, um, I don't know. I just wasn't a good business owner at the time. And it was, you know, split between three people and we just couldn't figure it out too much, too many hands in the pot. Um, and to be frank, uh, I learned a lot of lessons, but I just wasn't ready to be a business owner at that time. But I failed. I gave it a good old try and I gave it, I probably tried longer than I should have, but I ultimately failed, right? That's okay. That's not what I'm talking about though. Like if you fail because you failed because you're not profitable or because of various reasons, which I can get into here shortly. There's no shame in that, right? 50% of all small businesses fail after five years, 50%. So like there, there, there's no, or before five years, I'm sorry. So there's no shame in that, but like just trying it out, putting it down, you're going to do that your whole life. If you find yourself doing that with, with even just small concept things. Okay. So 20% of small businesses fail within year one, 50% within five years. So not quite the same attrition rate that a podcast has but it's still pretty damn high. I mean, half of every business owner you know will not have that same business within five years. Statistically speaking, if you're in a very high circle of really wealthy and, and profitable business owners, that, that, that may be skewed a little bit because you know, you're in the right circle. Regardless, it's just mental. That's mind boggling. But again, the 10 reasons I, I put this together, okay? Before I, before I hopped on the podcast, I, was, I, I did a lot of brainstorming, took a lot of notes. The 10 most common reasons I think businesses fail go like this. Cash flow. A lot of people don't have positive cash flow. When you stop having positive cash flow and you're just running on grit and determination, it, does, it still doesn't last very long, okay? Eventually, you'll suffocate without you know, cash being your oxygen to, to the vessel. You will suffocate if there is no cash flow. Uh, two, lack of market demand. 
This one's interesting because I was just chatting with a client um, without getting into specifics where their product market fit just wasn't perfect. So what he does is, is kind of a combination between like behavioral change and fitness, but he leans towards marketing the behavioral change. Well, people don't understand that quite as well as they understand fitness. So if whatever you're doing, if you're not marketing it to something that's consumable, something that's familiar to your audience, they might be less likely to see it as like a high priority with a lot of urgency if it's labeled as something that's a little bit different. So think about how you're positioning your business to the market. Number three, business planning. A lot of people suck at planning for the future, let alone planning for their business. Um, I was in that boat. I wasn't a big planner. In fact, still not the best. Uh, we just went home for Christmas, Brooke planned the whole thing. Um, she got the flights, the rental car, the everything. I'm just not a great planner, but when it comes to business, boy, can I forecast? And that is a learned skill. That's not something I was just like, as a toddler, I was just forecasting um, <laughs> Uh, my business, right? It, it's something that you have to learn. It's trial and error, but you have to be just like podcasts and like anything, you have to be persistent. You have to consistently show up and try and fail and try until you get really good at this. This is a skill very few possess, to be honest with you, um, especially below like that 10K threshold. That's something you have to learn. So if you have not learned that skill, if you haven't learned how to forecast and how to actually plan your growth for your business, reach out reach out right now and just DM me. Um, I don't know, just DM me. Hey, heard you on a podcast and uh, I want to get better at planning for my business and we'll have a chat. Ineffective marketing and sales strategies. You guys know, oh my God, I've talked about sales for 49 straight episodes. Okay. So ineffective sales will lead to um, a, a poorly run business, right? One that is oxygen depleted. Competitive pressures, depending on your industry, depending on your area, your demographic, who and how you target people, competitive pressures are always going to be there. Um, an influx of pressure could potentially um, harm your business. I, I, I subscribe to the abundance mindset, especially in the online fitness space, because there's so much. But I feel like I have to acknowledge that it, it is a real thing um, in some situations. More than likely, though, Sally, you know, the, the girl with 2 million Instagram followers is probably not taking any clients from you. She's just probably not. There's that many people in the world. I know it's crazy. Poor management skills. Once again, you, you're not just born a leader. You have to build these skills. If you're, if you're managing a team and you're not looking into anything, you're not reading books, you're not studying uh, podcasts, YouTube, anything on, uh, or taking courses on how to be an effective leader you're probably not going to run a team for very long. And it, it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't got to go sign up for a, you know, a 30K course on how to be an effective leader. You can read. There are so many books, so many books that will teach you how to be an effective leader in your space. Um, I could list off a ton right now, but it, it'd be easier for you to just Google. Uh, premature scaling, people scaled way too early, um, especially getting into ads before they've, you know, before they're legitimately profitable, especially on a consistent basis. And then scaling up these big, large teams before they even learn how to manage or how to effectively plan and forecast for their business. So premature scaling is a big one. Uh, they neglect customer needs. So they bring people in. Maybe you're great at marketing. You're great at sales. But then once you bring people in, your actual delivery kind of sucks. Um, that, that can happen. It does happen. So just constantly, you know, in innovating, which is bringing us into the next one and adjusting things and taking feedback and criticism to make a better plan. That's huge. In fact, at C4F, 
we do surveys, but we don't do them on a consistent basis. So within our CRM, I just made it to where every 30, you know, uh, everybody after the first 30 days is given a survey and it's asked in about 10 different ways, how we can improve, how we can be better, where things weren't exactly perfect because I want to have a perfect program. I know that's unlikely, but it, it gives me something to keep striving for. So I'm going to continue getting feedback from every single person that we work with. And if they say that something was missing or something wasn't up to expectations, I will put it in there. I will address it. Or maybe it's just a miscommunication and I'll address it with them privately. But I, I consistently look for feedback and you should be doing the same in your business. Failure to innovate, which I, like I said, that was bringing me into this one. If you're not innovating, if you're not um, automating things that you can be automating, if you're not um, trying different ways, split testing, uh, running different funnels, different ad strategies, different organic strategies, different DM strategies, trying new things with your sales process to see if and how you can improve, trying new things with your coaching and your management and your business structure. If you're just coasting and just chilling, your business will die. I just want to take a moment there because that sucks to hear. Your business will die if you do not innovate, if you do not consistently look for ways to be better. And I've seen this happen where people had great businesses several years ago and they just rode that for as long as they could without making any adjustments. And then what do you know? Either the marketing started to get dull, the client results, uh, the negative testimonials started to stack up over time. Even if it wasn't a lot relative per year, they stack up over time because you're not addressing them or you're not um, uh, addressing um, you know, minor complaints or things like that, that, that will stack up and that can be the death of a business. And last but not least, the big one, burnout, burnout. And, you know, I, I, I think, I think we've all felt it. I, I've certainly felt it, um, multiple times, even after a good week, it could be after a good week, after a record month, it doesn't matter. You still feel a little bit of burnout because you're like, okay, I still got to, I still got to show up. I still got to put in the work. But that's where a lot of people fail. That's where a lot of people fail. And I think that plays into the reason that I think I, well, the, re the reason I know because C4F, uh, not a lot of people know this, but it almost failed because of my frustration, like genuine frustration. I get pissed off if I'm not good at something right away. And you can take that one of two ways. Maybe you're the same. A lot of people, just like that concept of picking it up and putting it back down, a lot of people are like, I, I'm, I'm not unique. I'm not this special snowflake. Oh, I get angry when I'm not good at stuff. Like that's almost everyone. But the filter is the people who still show up when they're consistently pissed that they're not doing well, that they're not uh, where they want to be, that they're not hitting the KPIs, they still keep showing up despite all of the frustration. That's where most people lose it. That's where most people put it back down and try something else. They start a new business, they start a new career, whatever it may be. They, they give up on the podcast and go back to whatever they were doing, right? frustration is what almost killed C4F. So in the early days, like I was so frustrated because I know it sounds stupid looking back, but people didn't want my shit. I give out a lead magnet, like a crazy lead magnet. That was like basically what people were paying for. I'm like, I'll give it out. I'll give it out just to like get my name out there. And people didn't really care. They're like, yeah, but who are you? Right? Like, what have, what have you actually done? 
And I could sit there and tell them the things that I've accomplished, but they didn't really care because I didn't have the name. I didn't have the status or the allure. I didn't have what a lot of other people had in the space that had been doing it for a lot longer than me. And it pissed me off. Like to a point where I was on a call with my mentor and I was like, I think I, <laughs> I basically rage quit. I was like, you know, uh, insert expletive uh, words, but I was just so mad that like, I couldn't seem to, I had, we were making good money at the time. Like the first couple months of C4F, we were making like month one that we launched like 30, then 35, then 45, then 75, like things were going well, but it still got to me that I couldn't seem to book cold calls book from cold traffic. It was all referrals, which is a great thing. And it's a testament, but you know, to what we were doing, but I couldn't, we, we weren't booking cold traffic for calls very well. And it was just simply because nobody knew me, nobody cared. And again, relating it to a podcast, what do you think? Do you think people care when someone launches a new podcast? Most times no. Right. So my mentor, um, <laughs> I'm very thankful I, I I hired him because again, every now and then I'll, I'll have a bit of a temper. You know, I, I kind of threw a little bit of a, a fit, right? And I can laugh at it now, but he just stopped me. He's like, dude, this shit takes time. It takes time. There are certain things that have to mature that you cannot expedite. You can't, no, despite all your efforts, you cannot expedite trust in the marketplace. You have to consistently show up and get in front of them. And that bothered me. I was like, but I'm doing all the right things. Our, all of our clients are getting such great results. Everyone's crushing it. What do you mean that they don't want to work with me? Like, I, I, can't, fa I can't comprehend that. And it's like, it, they don't trust you. You haven't done enough. You haven't done it long enough. You haven't been in front of them on a consistent basis long enough for them to think, oh, you know what, let's just have a chat. Okay, so it takes time to build trust with your market, to build a reputation. Again, the same as a podcast. The harsh reality is that no one actually really truly gives a shit what you have to say when you start a podcast. I don't, I, I can go back. The early days of starting the podcast, I, we actually, I think I marketed it well enough to get some views. But then after that first couple episodes, it actually dipped off. Like it dropped off significantly. I was like, oh, people don't give a shit what I'm saying, right? I mean, think about it. Like podcast equipment's cheap. Anybody can record themselves having a, a hot take on some topic. I've heard enough of them on TikTok and YouTube, just ridiculous takes. Anybody can do it, but it's showing up consistently until people care to actually listen. Okay. So that's why I think most podcasts don't make it past 20 episodes. The frustration of realizing and coming to terms with the fact that people don't care what you have to say. Because in your life, you're the main character. In their life, you're just another voice amongst the millions of people that they see. So how do we fix it? We just press on. And some of you guys might not like that, and that's okay. I mean, that's, that's specifically okay because statistically, a lot of you won't like that. And that will be the reason that things don't work out. And that's just going to happen. It's bound to happen. But that is the only way that I know that my mentor had explained to me is just to keep pressing on. Get in front of them persistently for long enough. That could be through education, testimonials, live videos, lead magnets, posting. I did it all. I have documents, so very long documents of all the trainings I've done. It's just 
putting it out there, just doing the thing, just like me doing this podcast. You have to do the thing even when you don't want to. And it takes time to build that trust. So let me be clear though. There, there's a, a level, right? There's a level of skill involved with the content that you're putting out. Like you could put out shitty content for a long, long, long time, right? And people may not ever care because the content isn't being delivered effectively. It's not hitting the pain points. It's not interesting them um, or it's not interesting to them. You're not, you don't have good hooks or um, taglines or anything like that. Like that will produce a lot longer of a time period. Fortunately, I was able to do it in around a year where like I started getting invited to other podcasts and I started getting all the referrals finally started to pay off to where like now our cold traffic get like actually no who I am. And they realize that the results are not gimmicky. Like they are legitimate. I'm a real person. These are real people, real results. But it took me about a year. And in terms of business, not bad. Like relatively speaking, a lot of my competitors have been doing this for five to 10 years. We did um, such, I mean, this sounds like I'm bragging, but we did such a great job and we were persistent enough that in a year now we've, now we've really built that that status that's helped us to, to target the cold market a little bit more effectively. Okay. I say that to inform you, like if you put out good content and you do it long enough and you're persistent enough and you show up, even when you don't feel like it, even when you feel like no one cares or no one's listening, they are, someone is, okay. That's what will separate you from all the other business owners that get their, you know, uh, CPT and they launch their online program and then they find out it's pretty hard and that there's a lot more that goes into it other than just what they saw in an ad and being sold the dream, you're going to outlast them and you're going to have a more profitable, sustainable, long-term business if you do things in an effective way and you're persistent while doing it. So if you don't want this to take forever long, maybe we should have a chat. It turns out I'm, I'm, I know a thing. I'm not saying it's going to take a year. You've probably already been doing this for a little while. So it might take a couple weeks maybe a month or two. It just depends on kind of where you're at. But worst case is at least get a second opinion, whether it's with me or another business coach. If you've got another business coach that's willing to hop on a free call and not try to sell you anything, that's just 100% value-based, which is what our calls are. If you have, you know, five of these people, book calls with all of them. Get perspective on what you are doing. And if they're not willing to give you free advice in those calls, that is a red flag, my friend. So if you want free advice, a free content audit, um, go ahead and just message me same place as uh, before uh, Instagram Brent Cromer underscore you see me with my my little award in the back here um, DM me and just say hey I want a free content on it heard it on a podcast and uh, we'll go from there no sales uh, no sales pressure at all so guys again I'm so pumped thank you all for listening for 50 freaking episodes uh, I hope it's been impactful I hope it's been helpful I'll continue dropping them so long as it is and remains helpful and that I continue hearing from you guys that you guys like the content and that it's helping you the day that I just completely stop hearing anything from anyone or you guys tell me it's it's really bad um, you know That'll be a, the, the day of reckoning for me. So hope you all had a Merry Christmas and God bless.